Hebrews 11.6 is this evening's scripture. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All right, grab your Bibles, fasten your safety belts, put on your crash helmets, and let's continue our study of how to help your family get home to God. How to help loved ones get home to God. Few subjects are as important to Christians as this. Think about that. Few Christians really can think enough about getting their family, helping their families get home to God. Three quick observations. Number one, we can help our families get home to God, but they get home to God due to His provision in Christ and their response to that provision. They get home... Yes, by our help, but primarily they get home by what God has done in Christ and their response to the good news of Jesus. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. Christ has become the author of eternal salvation to all that obey Him. Now, that brings me to a second observation. The fact that we can help them get home also necessitates the idea that God gives them a choice. God gives our loved ones a choice. They can come to Christ, Matthew eleven twenty eight and following. They can find rest. Hopefully, your loved ones choose to do just that. Some... Won't. In fact, that brings me to my third observation. Many in the world won't. Some in your own family, your loved ones, may not. And it hurts to consider that. But remember this. Trust God and try till you die to be a positive influence on your family. I don't believe that's something you'll ever regret, do you? No one should ever regret seeking to be a positive influence for God and the things of God as it concerns their loved ones. Hurriedly, we are looking at Hebrews chapter 11. After investing some time this morning in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, and some eternal principles concerning loved ones, concerning family, and as I said this morning, this passage is about parenting in a God-honoring way. It's not called childrening, it's called parenting. And the emphasis is on how parents bring up their families. 
And I don't want to put anybody on a guilt trip on the one hand, and yet on the other hand, I don't want people to think that you cannot help your family get home. We can. Though we all, as human beings, are frail and blunder. And I've got to tell you, I think I've made some of my greatest blunders in my marriage and in my family. How about you? But I am so grateful that there's a difference between faithfulness and perfection. And when we look at the characters of Hebrews 11, we often look at Hebrews 11 and it's the faith chapter. Faith's hall of fame, we often call it. And understandably. But really, the 40 verses that comprise Hebrews 11 in our New Testament are a marvelous passage dealing with how to get loved ones home. You think about it, the writer of Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians, people who had come out of Judaism, who are thinking about going back to it, and his whole point is, you're leaving what is better in Jesus for what has been done away. What has been abrogated How in the world can you leave what is better to go back to Judaism? And whether we're talking about people today and going to denominationalism or going out into the world, anytime family members, loved ones depart from Jesus, it is always a step in the wrong direction. You hear me? It should not be taken lightly. It should be prayed about often. And we try to encourage them in the ways of God till we die. Try till you die. Now, ten principles for helping your family to get home. Four I'll repeat and quickly for those who may not have been here this morning. Truly, verse 1 of Hebrews 11 truly have a genuine, strong faith yourself. It is hard to impart that which we do not possess. Have a genuine and strong faith yourself. A faith of substance. A faith of conviction. A faith of assurance. A faith of evidence based on evidence. A faith that looks to God as the creator of the universe through the word of His power. Secondly, not only is that principle important, and you see it in verses 1 through 3, look, if you will, at verse 4. The example of Enoch. Excuse me, the example of Abel. Persistently desire to please God in praise and in worship. Persistently desire to praise God in appropriate worship. Abel is an excellent example of that. We should long to worship personally, 
as a family, in small groups, in devotional type settings. We should long to worship as the people of God on the first day of every week. Hebrews 10.25 is in the Bible. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. If you are not excited and enthusiastic about the worship of Almighty God here, think about how glorious the worship of Almighty God will be in glory in eternity. And let that spur you on. Third, notice verses 5 and 6. The example of Enoch. Here's the principle. Consistently walk with God. It was mentioned earlier that it's not specifically said that for the first 65 years of his life... Enoch walked with God, but when Methuselah came along and other sons and daughters, for the next 300 years, it's specifically stated that he walked with God. Family ought to do that to us. And help us to be more serious about God and our relationship with Him and getting people home that we love. Undoubtedly, this must have been true with Enoch, so true that God Himself would say, He walked with me, and the time came when He could walk with God forever in eternity. Wow. Look, if you will, at verse 7. Noah. Noah. What's the principle number four? Properly respond to God's warnings and accept His way of deliverance. Properly respond to God's warnings and accept His way of deliverance. Do that yourself and encourage your loved ones to do that as well. Now number five, Noah does that. God says, I'm going to destroy the world. Think of Noah and his family building the ark. Think of the long-suffering of God waiting. And Noah's preaching of righteousness, 2 Peter 2, 5, 1 Peter 3 and 20, while this was done. And think about the fact that Noah saved his family. He saved his loved ones. And he did that because he listened to God's warnings and he responded to God's deliverance. That's all we can do in our families, too. And I love that old fact. By faith, Noah did this. He acted. It wasn't raining, was it, when he started building the ark? And he had to endure, no doubt, criticism and sarcasm and all kinds of uncomplimentary statements. But think about it. He properly responded to God's warnings and accepted God's deliverance. So should we today. Number five. Look at Hebrews 11, 8 through 16. Hebrews 11, 8 through 16. The example being that of Abraham. 
Here is the principle. Humbly see life as a pilgrimage. Humbly see life as a pilgrimage. And look for the city to come. Humbly see life as a pilgrimage. So many Christian families get lost on this one. Humbly see life as a pilgrimage. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Treasures on earth as opposed to treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 19-21 Humbly see life here as a pilgrimage and look for a city, the city to come, whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 11, 8-16 I love this. The passage says that when Abraham was called, he obeyed God. Called through the gospel people are today, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. When called through the gospel of Jesus, do you obey? When the word of God says, do this, do you do it? When the Word of God says, don't do this, you won't do that. When the Word of God says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that is your humble and sincere prayer too. Keep looking. Not only did Abraham respond accordingly to God's call, he responded in obedience. He went even though he did not know exactly where he was going. You ever feel that way about your life? What's next? And you feel a little bit like, you know, an Old Testament character. You'd like to put out the fleece so you would know what God's will might be for you in your life. Please give me some kind of sign. Abraham trusted God. He obeyed even when he didn't know exactly where he was going and how God's promises would come to fruition. And I love this one. Look at verses 8 through 16. They dwelt as in a foreign land. I think some people are better citizens of the United States of America than they are citizens of the kingdom of God. But our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. And I want you to know, is as this nation departs more and more from the ways of God, we should feel more and more like we are dwelling in a foreign land. And the reality is... We always have been. We always have been. Even at its best, this, this country did not speak the language of God and the Word of God to the degree that it should have. Amen. As in a foreign land, it's not home. And what's emphasized here is not what is emphasized in our homeland. And the language that is emphasized here is not the language emphasized in our homeland. 
And the appearance of success that is emphasized here is not the appearance of spiritual excellence that is emphasized in the Word of God. Next. When you look at verses 8 through 16, they believe that God would give them power to conceive. What they wanted more than anything was a child, Abraham and Sarah. No. What Abraham wanted more than anything was to be God's friend. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 7. Isaiah 41, 8. James 2, 23 and 24. And God blessed Abraham and Sarah with one of their great desires, that of a child, because Abraham wanted to be God's friend. Oh, friend, would God consider you to be a person of faith that He's happy to call His friend? What a statement. What an amazing God. Look number 6 at verses 17 through 19. Patiently endure life's greatest trials with the assurance that God will see you through. Patiently endure life's greatest trials with the assurance, verses 17 through 19, that God will see you through. This has to do with the offering of Isaac by Abraham to God. Life's greatest trials. Who gave Abraham and Sarah that child? God did. And in asking for him to be offered as a sacrifice. There were things I'm sure that Abraham didn't really understand. For example, how is God going to fulfill the promise that through him all the nations of the world will be blessed? If he dies, well, he thinks, he believes that God can raise him from the dead. That's how. Is our faith and assurance in God that real in a time of trial. It may be that God asks for something that we value and prize that already belongs to Him and we don't really understand why. Your health may diminish. Your mind may not be as sharp. But who gave us our health initially and who gave us our minds? we will look to God in assurance of His care even when we face life's greatest trials. This congregation has been marked by good people, normal people, who faced great trial with great assurance in an awesome God. 
I'm so glad to say that. By and large, we've known families that exhibited a remarkable faith in God during very trying times in their life. They preached some of the best sermons I've ever seen. Patiently endure. In this world you will have tribulation, Jesus said. Rejoice, I've overcome the world. John 16, 33. Your sorrow will be turned to joy, John 16, 20. With but much tribulation we shall enter the kingdom of God, Acts 14, 22. We are all partakers in the kingdom and tribulation as God's people. Revelation chapter 1. Verses 5 through 9. Now notice number 7, verses 20 through 22 of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 20 through 22. Faithfully pass God's message on to generations to come. Faithfully pass God's message on to generations to come. Listen From Abraham, we go to Isaac. From Isaac, we go to Jacob. From Jacob, we go to Joseph. And from Joseph, we go to the promised land historically. And a repeated word is the word blessing. The blessing of God is passed from Abraham to Isaac... Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to Joseph, and through Joseph and his bones being taken with God's people when they left Egypt and when they went to the promised land, God keeps His word. Here's a passage to think about. 2 Timothy 4, 2 and following. Preach the word. Do that in your homes. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Help your family to get home. And here's a personal observation. Don't just aim for your kids. 2 Timothy 2, 2. The word that you have received from me, 1 and 2, Paul, Timothy, commit to faithful men, 3rd, who will be able to impart that message to others, 4. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. We see something about how well we convey the message of Jesus, not just through our kids, Not just through our grandchildren, but listen, through our grandchildren. And if the message is faithfully passed on and it goes from one generation to the next without losing its power, without its beauty and glory diminishing, what a neat thing it is to have an Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph thing going on. But watch out. The devil likes nothing more than hindering us in our families. 1 Thessalonians 2 
and verse 18. Getting an advantage over us in our homes. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. What I think is so awesome about this idea of passing the baton of the faith on in its purity and beauty is that's what it means to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. The apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The breaking of bread and prayers. There is a sense in which Christians today in 2022 are seeking God's way just as the early church of the first century did. That is as it ought to be. It is something that should not be given up or sacrificed. The plea to restore pure, saving New Testament Christianity in Jesus. It gives me a lot of confidence to know that I can preach the same gospel that Paul did, that Peter did. And I hope it gives you a lot of assurance to know that you can embrace the same gospel that they proclaim too. Isn't God amazing? Next. 23 through 28, this is number 8 in your notes. Steadfastly refuse to fear or treasure what the world gives, but follow God. Steadfastly refuse to fear or treasure what the world may give, but follow God. A great example of that is Moses. Amram and Jochebed, his parents, they didn't fear the edict, the law of Pharaoh. They wouldn't allow their child to perish. And God in His providence spared that child. They were not afraid. And Moses, as he grew up, was not afraid of what the world might cause him to fear or what the world might give him to treasure. He determined to follow God. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused the riches, the treasures of Egypt, and chose rather to have affliction with the people of God. He refused the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he chose a life that would be difficult. Being God's instrument for leading people out of slavery and bondage into a land of promise. If Abraham is God's friend, Moses is the man known by Israel 
as the prophet with whom God spoke face to face. Exodus 33, 11. Exodus 33, 18. Moses longed to see more and more of God's glory. And yet, as far as the people were concerned, God already spoke with Moses like a friend, face to face. Think of passages like Numbers chapter 12 and verse 18, verse 8 rather, and Deuteronomy 34, 10. And as I go through these heroes of faith and I think about helping to get my family home, I hope that when I am dead and gone, and even now while I'm still breathing, I hope that my loved ones believe that I want to be God's friend. And that I want to see God face to face. Revelation 22 verse 4. They shall see his face. We sing face to face shall I behold him. Far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all His glory, I will see Him by and by. And that ought to be the moment we've been waiting for all of our lives. Amen. Steadfastly refuse to fear or treasure what the world may give. And steadfastly resolve to follow God. Now look at 29 through 31. This is number nine. Unceasingly be amazed by the grace and power of God. Unceasingly be amazed by the grace and power of God. 29 through 31. Three examples. Boom, boom, boom. Given in 29 through 31. You have the example of Israel with the sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. You are talking about a rock in a hard place. And what happens? God, in His grace, parts the sea and the people of God pass as on dry land. Unceasingly be amazed at the grace and power of God in our lives. God's gracious provision. How many times have you been between a rock and a hard place and it seemed like God helped you out? You know He did. You can't prove it, Steve, but we know that He helped us out. We could have never made it without Him. Unceasingly see God's grace and power in your your life. Then you got... The walls of Jericho coming down. Reckon those Israelites were all patting each other on the back and saying, look what we did. Those walls came down. That was, that was an impregnable city as far as the armies of the time would have thought. But what is impossible with the armies of man comes down 
in the most unusual ways by God's power and grace. How many times did you think you faced in life something that was too too mighty? And it's not going to change. It's not going to come down. I remember as a much younger man hearing people pray that the walls come down of communism and then it happened. God can work when people pray righteous prayers. And we can see His grace and power. Third, I think of Rahab. Imagine what it must have been like. You had the spies come in. The vast majority say, we can never take this land. They're too powerful. Only a couple, a small minority say, let's do it. And yet it is Rahab, a prostitute, a Canaanite, who speaks up for God and they all hear about her message. We've heard about this God. And she basically says, we are trembling in our boots at the thought of Him. That woman is found here in Hebrews 11. There is hope for people who have a past and who did not know God when they look to the power and the grace of God. He's the God of all grace, 1 Peter 5, 10-14. He's the God of superabundant grace, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound, Romans 5, 15-21. He's a God of sufficient grace. My grace is sufficient for you, God said to Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9. His power... We are not adequate, but He is adequate and sufficient. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. John 15, 4 and 5, be mindful of the grace and power of God and how He will bless and enrich our lives. Lastly, Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. Gratefully acknowledge the victories of God and willingly suffer when called to do so on His behalf. Gratefully acknowledge the victories of God in life and willingly suffer when called upon to do so for His sake. That's really what these verses that close are all about. And it's interesting some of the things that are said. I've always loved Hebrews 11:38 of whom this world was not worthy. People that looked to God and saw His victories, the world wasn't worthy of them. People that were willing to suffer for the cause of God, for what was right, to honor and glorify Him when they had to, the world wasn't worthy of them. 
Here's what I want to do. If you've got your Bibles open, I want you to look at God with me in Hebrews 11. It's so easy to talk about by faith and He obeyed, He obeyed, He obeyed. But here's what I want us to see as we conclude. No one will help you more to get your family home than God. No one wants you to help your family get home more than God. And just notice, Hebrews 11, 3. God is the one who created the universe by His Word. All He had to do was say it. It was done. Look at verse 4. God is the one who is worthy of our worship and praise. He is worthy of our worship and praise. What this chapter says about God is astounding and it can help us to help get our families home. Third, look at verses 5 and 6. God is one that we should walk with and seek to please. I don't know who you're walking with and seeking to please, but ultimately we should walk with God and seek to please Him. That puts everything in perspective. Verse 7, God is the one whose warnings should be heeded. Do you all see these? Am I making them up? Steve Horton, you're looking at your Bible. So far they're fitting? Good. Verse 8, God is the one who calls, and yet He calls us today through the gospel of Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. Look at verse 10. God is the designer and builder of an eternal home. A beautiful city. Verses 11 and 12, mark it. God is faithful to His promises. This great chapter on faith doesn't lack for motivation and incentive in the character of God, not at all. Verse 16, listen. He is not ashamed to be called our God. Troy Patton, our God is your God. Adam, our God is your God. Steve, our God is your God. Brother Clay, our God who's not ashamed is your God. Look at verse 19. Our God is able. Our God is able. Look at verses 20 through 22. That God, our God, blesses. And His blessing should be passed from one generation to the next. Verse 25. God has a people. He has always had a people. He has always had a family. And God will help us get our families home. 
God is a God, verse 26. We ought to be concerned about His reproach. When we start caring more about how this country is bringing reproach upon God in His name than we do about politics, we'll be making a step in the right direction. This is a reproach to God. And what we desire is for God to reward us with His promises. Verse 27, God is invisible. Faith sees the invisible and believes what would be unbelievable were it not for the reality of God and His promises. Verse 28, God is one who judges and destroys. He judges and destroys. And then, look at the last two verses. Look at verses 39 and 40. All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God has provided something better for us. God has provided something better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Oh, what a chapter. Hebrews 11 is a great chapter. But Hebrews 11 is a great chapter helping us know how to get our families home, how to help our families get home. But it is a greater chapter because it reveals so much about God and how He helps us. You've listened kindly and graciously. I'll try to give you a little bit of time back next week, Lord willing. But nothing is more important, other than becoming a Christian yourself, than helping your family get home. Have you taken care of that first issue? Have you come to Christ yourself? Responding to His grace... In faith and repentance and baptism, have you had your sins washed away and been added to His church? If you have, that day should make all the difference in how you live the rest of your life. It is said that every faithful Jew prayed to God that they would die, quoting Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Every faithful Jew prayed that they would die, quoting that passage. Every faithful Christian should die with Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to Him. He that would come to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Help your family get home. Keep trying you die. Let us stand and sing.